0: Genesis chapter seven, Genesis chapter seven, and page twenty-eight of your in your book, Genesis chapter seven, page twenty-eight of your book will be will be there. Last week we ended with. Um, we're going to back up just a couple of blanks just to, um, so that in case you were not here, uh, but it says uh, he revealed himself through history. Uh, the way God reveals himself uh, in many ways, but one of the ways that he has revealed himself is through history. And there's been two times in, in the history of the world that he's done this, um, that God has uh, revealed truth of who he is in the first time was in the Garden of Eden. That's your next blank. The Garden of Eden, uh, uh, Genesis chapter twenty-five, uh, chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Now, we're not going to read those because we read those last week. Uh, your next blank is uh, the second way that he revealed himself was in Noah's day. Uh, Genesis chapter 7 in verse 1. Genesis chapter 7 in verse 1. And the Lord... I said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house in, into the ark, for thee have I seen uh, righteousness before me in this generation. Uh, so in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1, we see God um, putting in motion, if you would, the uh, building of the ark, the... the um, the the great flood to come and so on and so forth. Um, uh, <clears throat> that's, that's where we left off, right? Last week? Hello? Okay, just making sure. Um, because I sometimes forget to make notes. Um, before the world flood, uh, <clears throat> worldwide flood, that God sent as judgment on the earth, God made a way for everyone alive to escape his judgment. Uh, Noah preached uh, warning everyone that God's judgment would come and that they could find refuge in the ark. Sadly, only Jonah and his family believed God and were saved by faith. And we talked about uh, Genesis chapter 7 and verse 10 last week. Uh, Look at verse 10. And uh, it came to pass after seven days uh, that the waters of the flood were upon the earth so god kept the door of the ark open for seven days and i want to i want to stop i i I don't remember how much we talked about this last week but i want to talk about the long-sufferingness of god now we did talk about this last week because that's really not a word long-sufferingness yeah Yeah, i made it up that's right but god okay how long did it take Jonah, jonah i did it again Noah. How long did it take Noah to build the ark? 120 years. years. Plus, once it started raining, which it had never rained, and he had prophesied it would rain. Once it started raining, they still had seven days to take refuge into the ark, and they refused to do it. we 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 serve a god who is long suffering turn over to chapter 9 in verse 13 and i do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a of a covenant between me and the earth now I want to stop right here. It's very important we we get this because because we can get really confused about this. who is who or what is the covenant with? who It says the earth okay god God's covenant of the, 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 the rainbow is not with the people of the earth, but with the earth. Think about this. Okay. <clears throat> we think every time those of us that have known this truth, every time we see a rainbow, we think, Oh wait, Oh, that's God's promise to me that he'll never flood the earth again to destroy the earth. But that's not what it says. But let's keep reading. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall uh, be seen in the cloud. Verse 15. Now, I have underlined the first part of this verse. And I will remember my covenant. Does God forget anything? Then why does he need to remember his covenant? There you go. There you go. Have you ever gotten so mad? <laughs> I don't I, God doesn't forget. I just it's just one of those interesting things that you find in Scripture that you can read right over and not really pay any attention to. But the remembrance that the the rainbow is not there for us to remember. It is there for God to remember. Interesting. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you. Okay, there it is. Okay. And every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. So, when it says the earth, what is it referring to? The planet. Every living creature because the flood affected every living creature, did it not? Absolutely it did. <clears throat> so, just a little side note for you, I, I, I thought would be uh, hopeful, hopefully helpful to you. <clears throat> oh, okay, in verse 16, And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature, of all flesh that is upon the earth. <clears throat> so now I, I will say this, um, <clears throat> I have talked to multiple pilots and I've never asked you this, but I, I, maybe you can confirm or deny this, but I've had multiple pilots, mostly military pilots say that if, you, if, if, if you're ever flying and you see a rainbow, it's a circle. Not just a half, like we see. Have you ever seen one? Okay, he he has seen one, so it's it's pretty cool. They every pilot that I've ever talked to it has seen it. And said that it is it is just It's just beyond your ability to comprehend. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. Second Peter uh, chapter two and verse five. It says, uh, uh, "And spare not um, the old world, but save Noah." Uh, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, uh, bringing in the flood upon the world uh, of the ungodly. Now, what does it mean, the eighth person? Anybody? Okay, he, he, he was the eighth generation from, from, from Adam. Okay, so he, he so he is of the, the eighth generation. Uh, that that's what it means by the eighth person. So I have a friend. I still consider him a friend. I think he's kind of weird, but anyway, he's one of these real brainiac kind of guys. Uh, he's a he's he he has forgotten more about the Bible than I'll ever know. Um, but he 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 has figured out. He did the math in in, in his life before. Being a uh, a pastor and all and ultimately a, a theologian, uh, he was a um, some kind of scientist person. So anyway, he's just too smart. Anyway, <clears throat> he he told me that he's done the math and he can prove and 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 multiple theologians will uh, agree with his his estimation that the population of the earth at the time of the flood is higher than it is today. Because by the time you calculate, you know, people lived into their hundreds, you know, eight, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and and, and, and honestly, if you do the math, uh, Adam, by the time of the flood, really hadn't been dead very long in, in comparison uh, to the ages and so on and so forth. But, you know, by the time you figure how long people lived, the number of children that they had during that, and, there, and there's ways to know all that stuff uh, because of what the Bible tells us. Um, many, many theologians. Have concluded that the, the world's population was higher then than it is today. That 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 to me was I mean he told me that and I was like wow no way, and uh, he's absolutely so. Uh, anyway, so that's that's for somebody who has a lot higher pay grade than I do. So and a lot of time, and a lot of time yes, yeah <laughs> it was free. Yeah, and it was free. <laughs> so uh, next blank here. Um, uh, he has revealed Himself through the human conscience. Now, this is this is an interesting concept. I, I don't know the concept. This this is an interesting truth that we often forget that God has revealed Himself to mankind through His through conscience. Um. Uh, the uh, interesting the the Bible never sets out to prove the existence of God. I love that statement. The the Bible never sets out to prove God exists. It, it, it the it is simply an assumption that he exists. And and we you know Genesis 1:1 In the beginning God. Okay? You know so so okay let, let's stop right here for a second. <clears throat> Do we When we're out telling people about the Lord, do we need to prove to them that there is a God? No. Because God has revealed himself in multiple ways. One of the ways is through their conscience. You don't have to convince a small child that there is a God. They know it. We train it out of them. The biblical assumption is because God hardwired the knowledge of himself into the heart hearts when <clears throat> he made us. Turn over to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 and verse 14. And when the Gentiles, which had had not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts demean uh, while accusing or else excusing one another. So basically, what is this passage saying? There is not a person alive on earth today that does not understand down deep in their heart it is wrong to kill. That adultery is wrong. We all know it. That's why we hide it. Men love darkness rather than light. If well, let me let me read you. I I, I copied this out of one of my commentaries for you, and I, I think that the uh, the author of this commentary, uh, it's the Bible Knowledge Commentary, by the way, if you're if you're interested. Um, let, let me read this to you because I I, I think it, it he does a really really good job of explaining uh, uh, Romans chapter two verses fourteen and fifteen. He says uh, the Jews looked down on the Gentiles partly because they did not have the revelation of God while uh, um, God's will in the Mosaic law. But as Paul pointed out, there are moral Gentiles who do by nature things required by the law. Such persons show that the law is not to be uh, found only on tablets of stone or included in writings of Moses. It is also inscribed in our hearts and is reflected in their actions, conscience and thoughts. The law given to Israel is a reality only a specific uh, excuse me is in reality only a specific statement of God's moral and spiritual requirements for everyone. Moral Gentiles, by their actions, show the requirements or the works of the law are written in their hearts. This is confirmed by their conscience, the uh, faculty within human beings that evaluates their actions. <clears throat> along with their thoughts, that either accuse or excuse them to sin. This is why Paul called such Gentiles a law unto themselves. Now think about this for a second. What what happens, and we'll just talk about kids right now, because that's the easiest, most obvious way to do it. But what happens when you catch a kid with his hand in the cookie jar? Huh? Or a husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I was just getting it for you. I like that one. Yeah, I need to use that one next time. Um, yeah, older, yeah, okay. What, what do we do? We, we have, in 21st century America, we have a really fancy word for that. It's called blame-shifting okay, what's another term that we use for that, okay, it's called a lie, okay, just, just saying, okay, yeah, okay, the biblical term, it's a lie, okay, but, but what do we do, we're, we're all guilty of it, but we see it more in kids, because they haven't learned how to be so creative as us adults, okay, okay, Yeah, exactly, exactly. What do you have behind your back? Nothing. (laughs) So, if there's nothing wrong with adultery, why do even the unsafe people of the world hide it? Okay, they know what's wrong. See, God has written it in their hearts. And and this is something that I'm convinced of. And, And again, I may be totally wrong here. But the majority of people that say they don't believe in God really do. They just don't want to admit it. Because by admitting that there is a God... Now, all of a sudden, I have to answer to this God. Why Why do I say that? Because I know for a fact, before I was saved, on multiple occasions, I denied there was a God, knowing the entire time that there was. Down deep in my heart. And what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 is, God has written the law on the hearts of men. Look at the, look at the Ten Commandments. Which one of the Ten Commandments can you look at and say, wow, that's a surprise. None of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean honestly, when you read the Ten Commandments, it's kind of a duh. Right? It's just common sense. Look at look at the laws in our country today. The majority of them are based on the premise. That thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt eh, eh, those are the premises of civilized law in our country and other countries. God has written it on the, on the hearts of men. The, the, the commentator goes on, conscience is an important part of human nature, but, it is not the absolute, or excuse me, it is not absolutely trustworthy indicator of what is right. Okay, let me me read that again because this is really important. The conscience is an important part of human nature, but it is not an absolutely trustworthy indicator of what is right. I, I, I pick on this all the time, and my wife and I we we watch Hallmark flicks and, and yeah, you know chick flicks, cool. now those type. Uh, and 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 every time, every time, every one of those movies at least once, the statement is made. Follow Just follow your heart, in some form or another, and your heart will tell you. And we always look at each other and say, there it is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Crash and burn, baby. But what is the danger when we allow our conscience to be the only guide in our lives? Disaster, why? Okay, well... Okay, more specific than that. You're 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 right on the edge. Your our conscience can be deceitful. deceitful because we have emotions as well. And our emotions our emotions and our flesh and all of the humanity that is in us can be corrupted, can it not? Yeah. That's why we need a the source of truth. Amen. Now, the conscience is a great tool. Oftentimes, God can use it to keep us out of trouble. But it's the word of God that changes our lives. <clears throat> One conscience can be good. Uh, um, somebody uh, uh, turn, turn over to Acts chapter 23. Acts chapter 23. Oh, too far. So we have a good conscience. Acts chapter 23. Verse 1. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. So we can have a good conscience, can we not? Okay. Okay. there is uh, something called a clear conscience. Look at Acts chapter 24, over a page uh, or two. Uh, uh, 24 in verse 16. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. So we can have a clear or a clean conscience, can we not? Okay? But... Hebrews chapter 10. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. We can also have a guilty conscience. In verse 20, uh, 22, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart, our hearts sprinkled uh, with an evil conscience. I'm sorry? Oh, excuse me. From, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. From an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So we can have a guilty conscience. We can also have a corrupt conscience. Look over to Titus. It's at the end of the T books for Second Thessalonians, for Second Timothy, and then Titus. Titus chapter one, in verse fifteen. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let Oh, I'm I'm on un- I'm sorry, wrong wrong. I was in chapter two, um, chapter one, verse fifteen. Uh, unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and uh, and and unbelieving, uh, in, no- in nothing, in, in, is nothing pure. But even their minds and their conscience is defiled. Look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy. Oh, I'm okay, back up, back up, back up. 1 Timothy chapter 4. In, in uh, verse 2, it says, Speaking lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So we can have a seared conscience. What is a what is a seared conscience? I'm sorry. Okay, stays there for life. Now, have you ever have you ever burned yourself really really bad? What what happens to the nerves when you burn them really really bad? They die. They're they're done and and you you will have no feeling where that where that burn takes place and and what this is referring to is the fact is you can sear your conscience so many times that you have become so hard that God can no longer speak to you give me an example of somebody in the old testament that had a seared conscience pharaoh okay <clears throat> Um, And then the last one, let's look over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We can have a weak uh, uh, conscience. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 7. How be it, there is not not in every man... That not, uh, excuse me. Hold on. There is <clears throat> not in every man that knowledge. For some, with conscience of the idol unto the. I'm having trouble reading again. <clears throat> for some, with conscience of the idol unto their hour. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm just anyway you can read it yourself I'm just having trouble reading yeah go ahead and conscience there you go so we can have a weak conscience so so we can have multiple types of Consciences, if that makes sense, okay? But God put within us a conscience to be able to speak to our hearts and, and to reveal himself to us. <clears throat> so, uh, let's continue in the book here. Uh, it has been widely observed uh, um, uh, that no one is born an atheist. All around the world, people know there is some God. And they have a sense of right and wrong. That sense may be modeled uh, in, and in some cases twisted or silenced by their environment, but it is there nonetheless. And I absolutely, totally agree with that statement. Uh, your next blank here. This, uh, scripture scripture tells us it is God who is placed within us, the gift of conscience that testifies of God, of sin, and our need uh, for Him. <clears throat> God is the one that puts that in us. First John chapter one verse nine. That was the light. That, excuse me. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And then I I love this next statement that he that the author makes here. People can and do reject the knowledge of God. God has given every man a free will to make choices. And it is up to us as individuals to either accept or reject. But it is not because there is no evidence from both within and without to support the truth of God's existence <clears throat> Psalm chapter 14 verse 1 The fool has said in his heart there is no god They are corrupt they have done abominable works there is none that doeth good It's a sad it's a sad statement is it not So he reveals himself through uh, through our conscience he also reveals himself through scripture. Now before we go any further and we've talked about the scripture already, but I, I just want to I, I just want to go back and remind us is it is it our responsibility to make people believe the Bible? No, no it is not. It is our responsibility to present truth. It is their responsibility to believe or reject. God has revealed Himself through Scripture. <clears throat> and we've talked about this, so we're we're just we'll just read this and move on. Uh, while nature gives us general revelation of God, i.e., there is a God, the Bible gives us specific revelation of God. Exactly who he is and, and what he is like. Uh, we saw that in verse one, or, or excuse me, in lesson one, um, and we'll we'll look at specifics throughout this lesson. So, um, <clears throat> so we're not gonna we're not gonna spend any more time on that. The, set, the the next way that he reveals himself is he reveals himself through his son. He reveals himself through himself. Uh, Jesus Christ came as God in the flesh to reveal to us who God is. 1 Timothy, turn over to 1 Timothy. Chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3 in verse 16. And without controversy <clears throat> great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, revealed, or excuse me, received up into glory. So God has revealed Himself through His Son. Uh, and so in creation, throughout history, uh, uh embedded in our conscience and through his word his son god has revealed himself to us uh he, that uh he uh, wants us to know him god exists as a trinity now this is this this is always a fun one to talk about why are you laughing <laughs> Okay, I was going to say, you come up and teach it, okay? Um, I yeah, used to teaching at this level. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> you know um, ki- kids, it, it, you know, at least my experience with kids, which is very minimal, um, you know, you just tell them, hey, you know, God exists in three persons, and they, you know, the, God the Father, God the Son, and they just kind of go, uh-huh, oh, uh-huh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and, and they just kind of take it, and they live with it, and... You know, but I, I've had have had adults ask me, explain this to me. <laughs> okay. okay, what do you want to know? How can that happen? Okay, what do you want to know? <laughs> okay, um, and, and it, you know that I've heard the examples of well, you know, you have an egg. Okay, that is an egg, but there's three parts. There's the shell, there's the white, and there's the yolk. All three of them make one thing, it's the egg. That's God. No, okay, no, it's not, it, okay, it's much more complicated than that. But, yeah, with children, they kind of, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense, you know. Yeah, a tricycle has three, you know, all of them working together, you know. But... but We're never going to be able to explain it. I, I you know, I, it's one of those things that. <clears throat> well, let, let's get let's get into this because he actually does a pretty good job of of explaining a very complex thing. Uh, the The Bible clearly tells us that there is one true God. Okay, clearly, there is one true God. Uh, look, look over in Mark, chapter 12. Mark, chapter 12, in verse 29. And Jesus answered him, the first, excuse me, uh, the first of all, uh, the uh, 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 the first of all the commandments is, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. okay? There is one God, but we just said He is a Trinity. So does that mean that there are three gods? there's still there's still one God, okay? <clears throat> um. Notice these verses will emphasize the state that there is one God. Israel, Israel. Uh, Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 1. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6. uh, uh, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and In you all, James chapter uh, 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. Uh, The Bible also tells us that this God exists in a trinity, literally a triunity or three in one. Scripture refers to this as the Godhead. Okay, so turn over to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Uh, Verse 29. For as much then as, as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the uh, Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, uh, graven by art of man's device. Romans. Oh, too far. Romans um, chapter 1. Uh, verse 20, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So we see throughout Scripture that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all God, although there is but one God. So uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now you might be saying, wait a minute, that would be a fourth one. Okay, <clears throat> the word, and that's the next part here, the note, the word uh, that is in this verse refers to Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, compared, uh, go Go to uh, 1 John, uh, or excuse me, uh, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John chapter 1. No, no, just John, just John, John chapter one. John chapter one, verses one, excuse me, one through three were the first verses I think I memorized in scripture, but anyway, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All these were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, let's stop here and let's talk about this for a minute because this is important to understanding the Trinity. I I think it's important to understand the Trinity. At least it has helped me understand the Trinity. Let's go back and read these verses again and kind of break them down as we go. In the beginning was the word. Now, is that referring to this? Okay, no? Okay, well, how do we know that? Verse 14, go to to John chapter 1 in verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, so we know that when it says, and the word is here in John chapter 1, verse 1, is not referring necessarily to this. It is referring to Jesus Christ. Yes, and it's also capitalized. Okay? So, in the beginning was the word. So, that means that in the beginning, what is the beginning? The beginning of creation? Okay. Okay. In the beginning, we don't know what the beginning is. Okay? We can only assume. But in the beginning was the word or was Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word. <clears throat> and the word or Jesus was with God <clears throat> and the word was God. So, in the beginning Jesus Christ was there. And the word or Jesus was with God and the word was God. Now I want to I want to share something with you. There is a religion out there that changes this verse that changes theology. The JWs add one little letter A. a and they and what and what's really funny is I have a JW. It's a it's a Jehovah's Witness. What they call a um, oh, what do they call it? Um, a linear linear Bible, where you have English in one column and Greek in the other column, and what they do is they they change in English, this is how it reads in, in their Bible in English. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was a god. See that changes theology totally. Because now Jesus Christ is not the God, he is a God. A little G God. But in the in their own linear Bible because I can read Greek I can prove to them and they get mad at me when they come to my door because I'll run go get my Bible (laughs) the letter A is not there in fact the capitalization in their own Bible proves that their English translation is wrong totally destroys their, their theology And it comes out of their own Bible. So, verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, get this. All things were made by Him. Who's the Him? Jesus, not God. Because who's it talking about? It's talking about the Word. It's not talking about God. So who spoke the heavens into existence? Jesus did. <clears throat> because He is God. All things <clears throat> excuse me, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, how much of the creation account? Belongs to Jesus Christ, all of it, every bit of it, He created it all by just speaking it into existence. Have you ever thought, when you read the Genesis account, wait a second, God's a spirit, we know that. How could He speak everything into existence? If he's a spirit, he can't speak. But Jesus Christ can. See, to me, understanding John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, helps me understand a little bit better of the the, the Trinity. Because you see the two parts, God the Father and God the Son, working together, but at the same time they're one. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, Okay, next blank here. Uh, There is one God who exists simultaneously uh, in three persons. Each is co-equal, co-powerful, and co-eternal. Please underline those three words, circle them, highlight them, whatever. Because to our feeble brains, that is the best way, I think, to describe the, the, the three Godhead. They are co-equal. They are co-powerful. And they are co-eternal. They all have their own their own they are all God. So let's look at God the Father. <clears throat> uh, the Father is God is your next blank. Romans. <clears throat> Romans chapter one. In verse 7, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we actually see both of them there. Uh, The Son is God. Hebrews, turn over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 8. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A, A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So, We see that the Son is God, and we're going to be talking about that more in future lessons as well. Uh, The Spirit is God. Acts. Turn over to Acts chapter 5. verses 3 and 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to who? The Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and to keep back part of the price of the land. While uh, it remained, it was, uh, was it uh, not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou... Uh, conceived this in thine heart. Thou hast lied unto men, but unto God. Or thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So, the Spirit is God. Excuse me. And we'll be talking more about that as as we progress through the lesson as well. But your next blank here, the Trinity is impossible to explain. The the author of the book uh, agrees. With my accession, uh, 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 <clears throat> it, it is impossible to explain. It takes faith, by the way. Um, it is uh, uh, vital to believe. We see it all through the Bible. Notice these verses that refer to all three parts of the Trinity uh, at the same time. <clears throat> Matthew chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen. And Jesus, uh, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, uh, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, the voice of, uh, from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them, uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Second Corinthians chapter uh, 13, verse 14. Uh, the grace of God, uh, excuse me, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost, be with you all. Amen. So, <clears throat> the Trinity. Now, <clears throat> let's let's. How do I want to say this kind of stay along the same theme, but let's change, change it up a little bit. We are made in the image of God. Your next blank. We are made in the image of God. Does that mean that we look like Jesus? No, absolutely not. But what does it mean? Okay, we are made in three parts. Okay, we have a we have the spirit, the soul, and the body, and 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 in reality, we are a trinity. Are we not? Okay, let's talk about it. Uh, <clears throat> one of the earliest revelations of the trinity was given in the very first chapter of the Bible. Notice that. Uh, uh, notice the use of God speaking in the plural "us" in this verse. <clears throat> Genesis chapter one. <clears throat> huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Genesis chapter one, <clears throat> verse twenty-six. <clears throat> And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth uh, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we are made in his image or really their image. Uh, Okay, your next blank here. Uh, And there, even as God began to reveal his Trinity, he also revealed that he made us in his image. He made us to resemble himself. Okay, we do not resemble God in a physical characteristic for God is a spirit and does not require a body. John chapter 4 Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, rather, we resemble him in the sense that we have a body, soul, and a spirit. We have physical and immaterial uh, components to our being. We were created in his likeness, Mentally, socially, morally, and spiritually, okay? Mentally, we were created with uh, intelligence. Well, I don't know about everybody. <clears throat> I, I don't know if I agree with that statement. I don't know. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I'm, on, I'm on the internet, so I, sh- I need to be nice. Um. We were created with intelligence and and rationale and uh, an ability to reason and choose. Now, unfortunately, we as humans uh, have chosen not to use that intellect and rationale uh, always in the best way, but God has given it to us socially. And this is important because of what we are going through currently with COVID-19 socially. We were created with a need for interaction and fellowship. It is, it is vital. I don't, I don't care if you're saved, if you're not saved, if you're an extrovert, if you're an introvert, uh, whatever you want to call yourself, you need other people, period. Okay. Okay. Morally, we were created with a responsibility to live according to right and wrong. Period. Spiritually, we were created with a spirit that will live forever, even after our bodies die, and with the capacity to have a relationship with God. Now, I want to say this because this is important. It does not matter if you believe that there is life after death. It doesn't matter. You are going to spend eternity somewhere. Period. You will either be with God in heaven or you will be with Satan in hell. That, that's it. It is really that simple. People can do their best to explain away as much as they want, but that reality will never change. We will live forever. And I believe, again, this is my conviction, I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, every person believes the same thing. One of, the, one of the books that I have on my library, I've shared it before, is Last Statements of Famous People. And it's amazing, the diehard atheist and evolutionist that on their deathbed, the things that they say, it's, it, it's, some of them are downright scary. Rich people who have had everything on earth who have said they would give it all away if they could only live longer. It's an amazing thing. Every one of us ultimately knows in our hearts. And you can deny it, you can push it away, you can explain it away, but down deep in our hearts, I believe God has put it on the heart of every man, woman, and child that has ever walked the earth. Having said that, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we have spent time this this evening in your word, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would not only encourage us, that you would help us to, to know truth, because that's what we want. We don't want man's philosophies. We don't want religion. We don't want anything but truth. Lord, help us to walk with you. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.